All right, can I start now? There you go. Cheers, mate. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Breaking Borders. Now, the big difference uh, in this episode to others um, is the fact that last weekend, Dan and I actually met for the first time. It was um, a very interesting experience, to say the least. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I just think it was just a bit weird, isn't it? Like, it's just <laughs> weird to finally meet together. Although, like, you know when you meet someone who, like, and you've only ever, like, had an interaction with them online? Yeah. They often look different to what you think they're going to look like. And did I? Do you think? No, you didn't look anything, you didn't look anything different. <laughs> yeah, it's because I've, I've literally looked at your face every day, <laughs> unfortunately for me. Well, <laughs> any uh, any um, first impressions? Of, oh, well, this is a question I had for you, actually. Is did you think? Why, did, why didn't you ask me this last weekend? No, I forgot. I forgot. Oh, but brilliant. I remember when I sent you a video from the gym before, and you said that I still walk like a fat person. <laughs> so my question is: is after spending the weekend, with me, do you still think I walk like a fat person? I think you run like a fat person. Yeah. After our race, you got dusted. Mind. Let's let everyone know that. Mm. And we also had a, <laughs> we also had a one v one football match, which we'll put on our Instagram. And, uh, <laughs> that went really well for me not so mm. much for you i was on I, uh, basically the nutmeg. yeah yeah i called the nutmeg and then nutmegged him it was pretty sensational on my start textbook right anyway let's get down to uh, the episode today so today we sit down with uh, adam latcham he's a good friend of mine and a multi ironman triathlete uh, we talk about all things uh, mental toughness uh what he how he got into the sport what he did before the sport and yeah just everything that that he does to keep him motivated and some of the crazy challenges that he's got up to for somebody that's never dabbled into triathlons it was it's, it's crazy to hear the the amount of mental resilience and fortitude that is required to you know compete in such a sport so massive respect to adam and everybody that competes in triathlon having uh, having spoke to adam there yeah so you know not long now we'll, we'll get you into your uh, your first triathlon mate i'm sure we'll uh we'll squeeze <clears> you into a tri suit one day <laughs> squeeze me in not a chance anyway as always this episode is brought to you by Sama media please uh, check them out on instagram and go to them for any of your design needs they are fantastic we hope you enjoy this episode this is breaking borders Dan is what we call um, a crossfitter. So he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did listen to your podcast. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I did listen. <laughs> I, he, he likes kitchen sinks, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what, I mate? Think... That, that's probably the, the, the thing that people have mentioned the most since, since listening to it. It's so annoying. I wish I never said it now. Genuinely, <laughs> the sinks and taps and all. You've, oh, give, you've given away your ethos about. there, Dan. Straight away. I oh, know. Well, actually, do you know do you know Sonny Webster, Aaron? Uh, yeah, uh, the, 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 the lifter, GB weightlifter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So he said it on a podcast the other day as well. Abby asked me yesterday. She was like, "Oh, did you get it off Sonny Webster? Did you?" I was like, "No, I I came up with it myself." You must be listening to you. Probably, yeah. So welcome, Adam, to Breaking Borders. It's uh, it's good to have you on you. Uh, I've known Adam for a couple of years now through uh, triathlon training uh, in a couple of different clubs now. But <laughs> I'm sure we might uh, talk about that uh, in a bit. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, I, I can't say I, I necessarily train with Adam because he's far too he's far too fast for me. I can I could just about hang on um, if he's having an easy ride on the bike. You know, sw- swimming's another story, but we won't <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about it. So yeah, uh, I suppose uh, you know if we get straight into it, you know, tell us about tell us about your background, uh, what, what you do, and and how you got into the crazy sport of triathlon. Um, well, it's a bit of a long story. I've been doing triathlon now for eight years. But it was it was one of the things I was I basically I, I come from playing football. Mm. I used to play football. I played for about I don't know from from the age of eight up until about eighteen, basically. And then the one day I was just I think I'd been out on the Saturday night. I woke up on the Sunday morning. I was just watching TV and just some rubbish. And this thing came on about like Ironman triathlon. And I was like, oh my god, look at that! <laughs> so I, I just went online. This was in like I don't know November time. Went online, just looked for like the closest one. I was like, oh, I'm on Wales, September the following year. And then just clicked enter, basically. I didn't, have a bike. I didn't, I didn't do anything like that. Wait, what? Like, just signed up, and I was like, oh, my God. What have I done? Yeah. Straight but, in the deep end. Yeah, like running-wise was kind of okay, because I'd always played football and done certain bits. I'd done like a couple of half marathons before. Yeah. Stuff like that. But, yeah, I had to go and buy a bike and... I remember thinking, as everyone does, they think, oh, I used to swim when I was a kid, so, you know, swimming's going to be easy. The week, a week later, I'd gone out again on the Saturday night. Thought, Sunday morning, right, let's go for a swim. I went for a swim. I did, like, one length. I was like, oh, my, I am in trouble. Yeah. I am in big trouble. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from there. I'm absolutely <laughs> pathetic at swimming. Genuinely, I just, genuinely, literally, I, I, it's, it's a struggle, man. Honestly, it, I, I do a good job to survive if I get in a pool. <laughs> Uh, for context as well, the you know Ironman Wales is like the second hardest I think in the world, yeah, isn't it? Yes. Like out of yeah. all the Ironmen, so it's like it just happened to be the one that was on your doorstep, but also yeah. like one of the hardest uh, in the world. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough course. It is a tough course. It's really hilly. Normally, How many times have you done it now? Uh, four times now. Wow. Four times. Wow. Yeah. Four Ironman Wales. The only experience I've got in in Ironman or seeing it is my dad did an Ironman a few years ago. And I remember him crossing the finish line and I was, I think it was about 17 at the time. And so I, I hadn't sort of seen any, anyone do any sort of endurance events or anything. And when he crossed, <laughs> crossed the finish line, I remember him being in this delirious state and he, he was, it was almost like in a, in a drunken like state. And uh, I, was, I just couldn't fathom or understand why he was in such a strange state. It was hilarious <laughs> to see. It does do that to you. Maybe you can elaborate on, on that state. Maybe you. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great video of me. When was, when was the last time I did it? 2019, crossing the line. I literally just, I go across the line, I just hit the deck. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, honestly. Basically, the story, that was the hardest one I, I'd ever done was that 2019. Just because, like, literally two weeks before, well, was it two weeks? Two, three yeah, weeks it wasn't before, long, was it? I was coming down one of the one of the mountains near us and uh, on one of the big descents, and I went on a cattle grid. And it was a wet day, but, you know, I've ridden over it probably a thousand times. And for some reason that day, just wheel slipped out. I was doing like 40 mile an hour. Down I came and I just bounced, skidded down the tarmac for ages. And I ended up, I broke into my ribs. Oh my days. So I literally, I just stopped then. It was only like two weeks before Ironman. And uh, I just thought, oh, I'm going to have to, like you pay so much money out for the event. Mm. I tried to get a refund off them. They were like, no. I was like, right. <laughs> I may as, well give, may as well give it a crack. Did, did you try to do? I didn't know you tried to get a yeah. refund. Yeah, yeah. I tried. It's oh, wow. 
didn't do anything bad. Because I remember, we well, obviously, we were spec- a lot of us from the club um, that we were in at the time went down to spectate in 2019. And and we knew that Adam was, you know, having a problem with his ribs. And we saw him come out of the water, which is a really good time for you, to be fair. It's your best time, wasn't it, like, in 2019? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and you looked in a world of pain, oh. and I was just like, I do not know how he's going to go on that bike for five oh, or six really? hours, whatever it is, and then run him out. I just don't know how he's yeah. going to do that. Like I, you know, I I would struggle to do that on a good day. Like bear in mind, let alone having two broken ribs. I, we didn't think, and I mean, this sort of like leads into to. I mean, I guess I I know the answer to this next question, but it's going to be personal to you. But Dan's probably quite interested in knowing why triathlon I, I, we obviously we know why you got in how you got into it but why is it yeah. something you stuck with um it was a funny thing it was like so basically i put a, I put a, I put a photo of the other day it was my dad on a bike doing the fourth goal <laughs> i saw that yeah back in like 19 i don't know 86 87 and i remember he'd always like said like oh i do the triathlon i did a triathlon and then that kind of tied in with me seeing it on the television but in the meantime, I'd done like a couple of half marathons for, for charity and stuff. Because my dad had got diagnosed with, he had bowel cancer. Oh, no, no, sorry, not bowel cancer, bladder cancer. Um, and he was in Valindra for a while. And I thought, oh, this would be good, raise some money for Valindra. I'd do the half marathon. So I remember doing that, raising money for that. And then that kind of that kind of led into it. I'd always, like with football, I'd always been, I'd always done a lot of running just in the game and I was always quite fast sprinting wise so it used to be that side of it and then the only other bit really that had something to do with it was I surfed for about I don't know about 10 years I still go now occasionally oh. so I, I've always loved the sea mm. that kind of appealed to me the sea swimming side of it not swimming mm. <laughs> I hate swimming in the, <laughs> but swimming in the sea did appeal to me and that's what that's what kind of led to it then but then like I said I since I bought a bike, it's, you know, it will lead into another topic later, but that's, that's my passion then really is, is that. Right. Led to it. So, so, I mean, you, you've got a bike mounted on the wall behind you. So is it a silly question to ask what your preferred discipline is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it would definitely be the bike. I just, I just literally, that's, that's all I do at the moment now is just, I just ride my bike. Really? Yeah. I live up in uh, I live up in Scotland at the minute, and obviously I live right uh, right on the no- most northern point of of uh, Scotland. And the roads up here are insane. Some of the roads are actually where about you? A place called Lossiemouth. Is um it's, oh, is it near Inverness? Uh, yeah, it's just to the east of Inverness. Oh, I know, I know where you are. Yeah, it's it's along the NC five hundred. So if if you've yeah. ever ridden that, you'll you know some of the routes up here are alongside yeah. that. I did but, um, uh, I did Lands End on the roads last year. Did you? So I come up, obviously, up that side of the coast, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, unreal. unreal. Some of the views you can get here in summer are insane. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. But, so, as I mentioned, my dad's, he's done an Ironman, but every every time I speak to him now, he's like, have you got a road bike yet? Have you got a road bike yet? I definitely do, do need to get one. Yeah, you should do it. Which um, which Ironman did you do? He did Bolton. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. He said some of the hills there were horrendous. Yeah, I was, I was supposed to do. I'm signed up for that one. I was supposed to do it last year. You say it so nonchalantly. I'm signed up for that one. It's like it's like uh, all right. It's like, <laughs> that's crazy. Man. It's like me saying I'm I'm signed up for the local fun run. <laughs> so for you, Adam, with with getting into into triathlon and, you, and you've done you've done your first Ironman. Obviously, there had to be a point for you 
where you realized you know I'm, I'm not too bad at a triathlon after all when was the point yeah. that you thought I could I could really take this seriously and, and compete at a, a quite a high level here yeah well basically in, well going back a bit in that first Ironman in 2014 I was still playing basically I was just I ride my bike now and again I, I literally I reckon I did about I don't know maybe five hours of training a week and apart from that I was just playing football mm. and then it was like one night in, I don't know, it was icy, so it must have been about March time. Funny enough, it was on the AstroTurf in near where you were. And uh, I was training the one night, and it was a bit frosty, and the AstroTurf was a bit slippy. I played football for years, and I literally never got injured. I was always lucky in that sense. Mm. And I went up for a header, come down, but just, just slipped because it was icy. And I remember my leg giving away, and I thought, oh, that's strange. It just kept, you know, I've never had that before. Mm. I kept running, still trying to run, and he just kept giving away, and everyone was like, oh, you know, stop, and I, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, no, no, I'm fine, you know, I kept going, just give way now and again, and I thought, oh, I'd be all right. Next day, it, like, swollen up really, really big, and uh, so I went to the doctors, they were like, oh, it's probably the cartilage, leave it a couple of weeks, you'll be fine. So I'd right, fine, but left here about two, three weeks, went back again playing football in a game, went up for a header with someone, come down again, and literally, it made like a massive pop. I was like, what is that? And it was the worst pain I've ever had. Literally, I was on the floor. I was like, it was like catching my breath. I was like, this is bad. And I basically, I ruptured my ACL. Oof. My ACL ruptured, my PCL, and I tore the meniscus. Oh. So literally, it was like swollen up really bad. But that was about, mm. that was about four months before the first Ironman. So I went to see, obviously, doctors and everything. They were like, oh, it's a bit, you know, you shouldn't really run on it. So I just stopped running. So I didn't run again until I am on, basically. I didn't have a <laughs> knee brace on. So I was trying to hobble through the marathon. But when I finished that, that first one in, like, I think it was 12, 40, something, 44, I think. And I thought, oh, that's not bad, considering. All run. things considered. And I trained about four hours a week. And I was like, oh, that's decent. Your your pain threshold must be absolutely insane. It was, <laughs> but bit, yeah, like I said, I tried playing football again. I tried playing football with it, and it just went again. The same, I went up again, come down, and he like popped again. I was like, ah, oh, no. There, there has to be something something telling there between the fact that you can, you know, you can continue working so hard at such a high level alongside the pain that you that you're feeling yeah. at the same time. You know, there's got to be some sort of resemblance between the two there yeah because otherwise yeah. you know yeah but then after that i did i had to basically i was off them for i didn't do another triathlon for a while after that because i had to have an operation so yeah. i was waiting about the operation for about a year i think i was doing bits in the meantime and i did i did i did a duathlon on it was a two landau on the racetrack in landau i did a duathlon it was the first duathlon i'd done mm-hmm. And I qualified for age group for Great Britain. And that was kind of the moment where I thought, oh, I'm all right. That's insane. And so I guess ne- the next question would be sort of when it comes to these events, obviously they're all endurance based and, you know, they all require some sort of mental resilience as well as physical resilience. What would you say is the, is a sort of ratio for you in particular anyway, yeah. between, between the mind and the body when it, when it comes to competing in that sport? Yes, yeah, so it comes up a lot, doesn't it, about, you know, is it the mental or physical side? But yeah. 
I think especially in endurance, I, 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 if I had to put a, a figure on it, I'd probably say 80% mental. Really? I feel it is just all, it's all in your mind. Yeah. yeah. But I can always remember like even like back in school, like every school report I had said, Adam likes to daydream. <laughs> I think <laughs> now it's a good thing because literally whenever I'm training or doing something which I'm like, oh, this is hurting or this is a long time. I just, I'd literally just think about other things and just daydream the whole time. That's so mad. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is true though, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, especially, yeah. you know, when you're, you know, even through these winter months and things, when you've been on the turbo or in the house and having to train indoors and things like that, as soon as your head goes, you can't go any longer. It's like, as soon as your head is, and you've decided that like, I'm, I'm done here, it's like your legs just immediately shut down. But you know for a fact that your legs have been feeling like that for a while, but it's just because your head's been in it, you've been carrying on. Yeah, it's crazy, it does, isn't it? You know, it's that, that's where it does come into it, and especially when you're doing it for the long distances, it's just mm. it's all in your head, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's it's funny, really, because these these days, you know, I mean, people, oh, it's all over social media, isn't it? You know, you got Ross Edgley bantering on about um, art of resilience and bloody Aunt Middleton writing forty five books about it. You know, it's like yeah. it's all well and good, everybody reading it, but where does it come into place when somebody that has, re- has read all this about stoicism and resilience and you know mental fortitude, as yeah. as Ross Edgley puts it? You know, yeah. how how do you get started on that re- instead of just reading about it? So if someone was to approach you, you know, as as, as an Ironman coach, mm. what, how would you get them started on on making that first step? I think like one of the biggest things is you've got to do you've got to do stuff which you're not happy doing. Basically, you've got to be you've got to make yourself uncomfortable. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the biggest things. It's like you're always gonna like say I do a training plan for someone, they're always gonna look at certain sessions and think I can't do that. And the the biggest thing that annoys me is when people say I can't do it without even giving it a go. Mm. Nine times out of ten, you will you will do it. Mm. Mm. As long as you stick at it. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess as well is that you've got that story to back it up with you as well. And you know, you came into triathlon with no with no experience, and you 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 had a go at the sessions, which you know you would you now look back on and think, oh, they were some disgusting sessions just to get into it. And yeah. and, and, and and you know, and as you get stronger and faster and fitter, the sessions never get easier anyway. Like oh. it's it's just this, it's just you're more powerful within that session exactly. or you're faster within that session. It, it, that's just the way it is if you're going to keep on improving. I, I mean it, it takes us quite nicely into uh when you're on about you know having that mental toughness and things is some of the some of the challenges that you've chosen to do uh over the last sort of the year or so and <laughs> you know t- take us through take us through some of them that, that you've been that you've been uh, up to. yeah well what did I did a few last year didn't I? Yeah. Write them down. I love how you, you have to remind yourself what you do. Oh, that is insane. <laughs> remind yourself that you've, that you've done a, what was it? Going, going back before, before the challenges, the first, like, I think tough thing I did was I did, oh, I did John the Grote to Land's End. So I did the other way around. I went north to south. And that was, again, that was, when was that? 2015. Mm-hmm. That was when, basically, I was back to the knee injury. I was scheduled to have the surgery. It was like sometime in June. And I got to like, I think it was like three days before the op. And they said, they rung me up and they were like, oh, it's been delayed two weeks. I was like, oh, you know, I booked the time off work and everything. So I thought, right. So I'd always thought like, oh, I'd like to do like a cycle tour or something. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, I got two weeks for you. So I went on, <laughs> I went on eBay, bought like this really old like touring bike, bought a tent, you know, the panniers and everything. 
My, like, honestly, this thing weighed like 60k. Well, <laughs> like a train ticket. <laughs> Bought the train ticket ticket up to uh to Thurso, right at the top of Scotland. And then just basically I did I had like a paper map, so I hadn't planned anything. And I remember just being like Jolly Groats first night camping, just looking at this map, trying to like with a pen and a paper, trying to map it out. And then so I did that in like I think it was eight days going wow. north. Oh, so that was kind of the first challenge I did. Back, <laughs> back <laughs> a long time just, ago. I could just picture you going into the local co-op because you'd forgotten your food the night before. <laughs> oh, literally the stuff I took with me, like I had like you know, like three pairs of jeans, two pairs of trainers. I was like, I don't know what I thought I was doing, where I was gonna go. out as well, actually. Yeah, that's what I think that's what I was planning. I got like literally a day in, and I remember just chucking like half my stuff in the bin, my shoes and everything. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> just shedding weight. <laughs> I can't carry this the whole length of the country. But yeah, well, so it's a good job you were going north to south, wasn't it? Downhill. Yeah, that's what they always <laughs> say. It's actually more difficult though. Is it really difficult that way around? You get more headwind, yeah. Of course, yeah. Prevailing winds are normally they normally like south southwesterly winds. Mm. But coming that way, you you get a lot more headwind. But so when I went the other way last year, <laughs> felt easier, did it? It's a lot easier. Yeah. Well, you're probably five years, uh, you know, better off in fitness wise as well. <laughs> yeah, so exactly, yeah, you know, there wasn't a, a sixty kilogram setup of you know. Carrying my uh, carrying a suitcase with me, and then and then your wife obviously was support right support Darcy, driver, Darcy, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. We um well, that's another thing in lockdown. I basically I bought a transit van, so I converted that into a camper van, and then as soon as restrictions dropped and we could you know get out and do things, it was like oh we got a couple of weeks. So I was like oh why don't we you know test the van out, <laughs> go from Lambs End to John the Groats. I'll take my bike, you know, and it'll be good. <laughs> but yeah, so we went that way that time and. But yeah, I managed to do it that time in six days. Wow. Knocked, knocked a few days off. Mm. What's what? What do you sort of tell yourself when you get? You know, when you get to that point and you and it's towards the end of the day and you say you've got another couple mm. of hours left on the bike. What, what are you telling yourself when it's when it's getting grim, when it's getting dark? No, it's, it's strange. I seem to get to that point. And I enjoy it. <laughs> it's like they, they don't, <laughs> that's the point. It's like if I'm doing a hard session, it's the same. It's like when I think, oh, this hurts. I always think. If this, if this hurts, I can make it hurt more. And then, I yeah. don't know, I just, I just start, half the time I start I start laughing. And I'm like, this is not normal, but... <laughs> I think I think the best way to sum up, you know, you and your your mindset is, uh, and you'll know what I'm going to say now, is that is the last last May, we uh, we were all going to do this challenge, which was a thousand miles in May. And so it was just, obviously, we hadn't long gone into lockdown, only a couple of months in. And we we're all contacted from from this from this local guy who was setting up this challenge a thousand miles in May. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I can I can probably manage that. It averages out at like fifty odd fifty odd k a day in the month. I'm thinking, yeah, easy, I can do that with my turbo. And then Adam posts on Facebook out of nowhere saying, I'm taking part in the thousand miles in May challenge, but instead of doing a thousand miles in May, I'm going to do a hundred miles every day in May. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up doing three three thousand one hundred miles in May, and we're like, "Oh, of course he's doing hundred miles every day." <laughs> Just yeah, that, that was the wor- that's the worst thing I've ever done. That was. is it really? That was terrible. Yeah, because it was all on because I did it all on a turbo trainer, which is basically a fixed bike. So you know, I was just in my garage every day for four and a half five hours. Mm. Honestly, by like the last week, I was just like. Like physically, physical wise, I was fine. I was getting, I was doing it quicker. Mm. So I was getting stronger as the time went on. But it was like literally, we had a heat wave 
every day it was just sunshine. <laughs> I'd wake up, walk out my house, I'd be like, oh, five hours in the garage now. Go in and do it. And it was just mental-wise, mental that was the, the toughest, toughest mm. challenge I've ever done. Definitely. If you just get to a point of another turbo, if you're doing distance oh. riding, you're just spinning the legs around and you feel like you're not achieving anything, don't you? Yeah. But like I said, people do like an hour, don't they? And they're like, oh, that's boring. But doing that long was just, yeah, that was, that's, that's the worst one I've done, probably. So, so you also you also did a, tw- a 24 hour outdoor ride, didn't you, as well? Outdoor ride, yeah. So how, how, how does it compare to something like that? I, I'd rather, yeah, any day I'd do that again, 24 hour. I enjoyed the 24 hour ride. It was like, I planned it, it was just like, oh, I'd squat and see if you can ride it. But then obviously, once I got a few hours in, I was like, oh, the speed's good. Just think, how far can I go? So then it was just like, oh, just pushing and pushing and pushing then. What's the, what's the sort of driving factor then when it comes to events like that? Because obviously, is it, is it all sort of intrinsic motivation that you're getting from it? Or is it, is it the extrinsic thing to say, oh, I've, I've completed this feat? Or is it all for yourself? Um, normally, it's like, like last year, a lot of it happened because obviously I was training for Ironman Bolton, which is in July. So I, I trained hard, which is... You know, on average, I do, I don't know, just over 20 hours a week training. So it was like, I banked this big, big level of fitness. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, well, I've got this fitness here now. All the races are cancelled. What can, you know, what can I do with it? Just give something else a go. Yeah. So that's, mm. that's what really leads on to it. But yes, yeah, it sounds selfish, but I do, I do it for me. Mm. <laughs> to answer Absolutely. that question, that, you know, it's just, I like to see how far I can push myself. Mm. I think that question is something that we should all sort of, aim to ask ourselves regardless of your sort of fitness levels you know i think everybody yeah. should should aim to understand what our what our bodies are, fit, are capable of on our minds as well yeah um, so as a coach then do, do you sort of specialize in one sort of discipline or, or is it all the, the full range that you that you sort of specialize in and what's the main sort of level of athlete that you that you get coming to you uh, well, uh, well, starting with the last question, I, I got like a really big range of different different levels. I got people who've just started, people who want to qualify for world championships and just want that extra push. I've got people who just just well, basically they're training for cycling events. I got people training for marathons. So it's been a really, really you know big big group of people, wide mm. wide you know range of uh, abilities. But yeah, the main like I said, the main thing with it is to me is. The motivation's a big part of it. I do always find like a lot of people will just want basically they want you to show them what what to do and tell yeah. them, look, you need to do this today. Because mm. otherwise they'll wake up and think, oh, I'll just you know go out and have a run for 30 minutes and mm. you're not yeah. getting that much benefit from it. Yeah. So you're leading leading people on to become that 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 autonomous sort of athlete, as it were. So that they they then move on and wake up and continue yeah. to you know, train on their own as well. Yeah. And I, like a lot of people I've coached have, like, I don't know most of them. So they've, they've contacted me. Yeah. And normally it's, oh, I saw you did, you know, a hundred miles every day. And they think well, you can do that. <laughs> you know, you can, you can help me out with some stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. Because yeah. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> but no. So when it comes to your sort of then your personal ambitions that, you know, obviously you've got people coming to you and you're coaching and things, but then you've, you know, you've got your own ambitions to focus on then. What, what's, what's it for you then? What are your goals within, within the next couple of years in the sport? It's a tricky one because, like, obviously, we don't know, again, this year with the triathlon and everything going ahead, it's looking a bit more promising, but that's a big factor. But oh, back to, when was it, last year? 
Oh, well, uh, obviously yeah, the challenge I did wasn't it the beast mm. the running one. But that what was that? Honest, it's, it's put me off running. <laughs> I don't want to run anymore. Oh, I remember. Yes. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. It's um basically the oh, November, wasn't it? Yeah, November. Mm. So you run a mile every day, and then you add it up. So you basically add up a mile extra every day. So obviously in the last week you're doing like a 24 mile run, a 25 mile run, a 26, a 27, 28. So you basically do, I think it's 460 something miles in a month. But I did that. And at the time, to be honest, I felt really good. I felt fine. But then I kind of had a month off after that. And it just, <laughs> I just don't want to run. I'm just riding my bike at the moment. But yeah, <laughs> ambition wise, it's obviously the world championships is in Kona with uh, Ironman's one of my main, main objectives. Mm. Which back in 2019, when I had the broken ribs, I think I was like, I was only about 10 minutes off. So mm. kind of. It was annoying in a way because obviously, you know, could I have found that extra, you know, 10 minutes, but in mm. a way it did give me the, you know, it makes me push on though to try and get it. So yeah. Well, I suppose it's it's like uh it's like the analogy of, of wearing a weighted vest, isn't it? So now now your ribs aren't broken, you can sort of take that off now and okay, shave that time. Now, yeah. <laughs> will you be will you be racing in a new category uh, the next time you race? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the 30-34s now. I'm old now. <laughs> Honestly, I've hit, I've hit 30. I feel like an old man. Is that a more competitive category than what you were in, it's, or is that? No, nah, it's pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same. But then, I'm, again, I'm not like, I'm, I'd love to qualify, but I'm not, I'm not that hang up on it. It's like, mm. if I don't, I don't. Like, I got other aims in the sport, which I'd like to do a double Ironman. I'd like to do a triple Ironman. They're the, they're the other aims, is to go on to that. I'd like to do, again, I've only ever done one ultra marathon. Mm. It, was, you know, it was okay it was about I think it was 46 miles something like that yeah. but I enjoyed it so I'd like to go into that maybe a bit more once I get the love for running back I'd love to do um, Badwater out in uh, Death Valley which is 135 miles wow. which is it's basically they, they say it's the toughest the toughest ultra marathon you could do so I'd like to do that one day 135 miles marathon Wow. Like it's Death Valley. So it's like, you know, 40, 50 degrees. Mm. <laughs> and you start, you start below sea level. So you're like 300 foot below sea level. And you finish at 8,000 odd foot. So you're literally just climbing. Absolutely mm. insane. It's mad. Absolutely it? insane. Honestly, like I do, I do CrossFit. So the, the, the longest distance that we ever run in, in an event or in a workout is probably around three miles. And I'm coming. I'm coming to the end of that run, and I'm dead. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm I'm absolutely dead. But it, to be fair, in 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 some of the more elite levels, you know, at the CrossFit Games and stuff, they're swimming a decent um, distance, probably like a mile and a half, two miles, um, in some of the events, and and that's all the event. So there are some similarities in in the two sports. But when when you're explaining about some of these some of these events that, you, that you're talking about here, 135 miles marathon, it's just insane to, to even fathom. It is a long way, isn't it? <laughs> So um, I'll just talk, talk to us a little bit about then, um, you know, obviously both you and I are, you know, part of founding members of a, of a new, of a new triathlon club. Uh, you being the, the head coach, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you, you know, your ambitions for, for the club and, and uh, you know, getting into it now this year, now that the restrictions are looking like they're beginning to, uh, to ease up a little bit. Yeah, hopefully, except bring on me now, isn't it? We can do some outside sessions, hopefully, but uh, yeah, it was, like in South Wales, especially triathlon has it's grown so big, mm. it's gone huge, and 
you know, it was a lot of us in a few different clubs and, you know, we were finding it kind of hard. And that's when we thought, let's set up our own club. And we've grown now to, I think we're about 100 members. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's crazy, really, considering we started this year and we haven't been able to do any outside sessions. But, um, yeah, it's just going to be, well, we're really looking forward to being able to train outdoors and to actually meet everybody. <laughs> All the people we don't, you know, we haven't met in person yet, so... That's one thing I have sort of noticed with with um, cycling in particular. You know, there is quite a good community, isn't there, between cyclists? I mean, I've only ever drove down past them, but I've seen them cross paths and give them give each Always. other a wave. <laughs> <laughs> Go wave. Is that a sign of respect? Is it? It's frowned upon if you don't, mate. Honestly, if you oh. don't wave. I, actually, I remember going out, right? My first, one of like very early cycling days for me, I remember going out and uh, it's like uh, this motorcyclist went past me. <laughs> I remember why, but I waved, <laughs> and uh, and he didn't wave back, and that's just when I realised that we, you know, we're not friends. <laughs> no, you don't wave to those. <laughs> they don't like us. <laughs> but they don't like it when you go cycling past them. Do you? <laughs> that's the faster than them. No, yeah, well, you know, we've seen our fair share of raging drivers and things, and oh. when you're when you're legally going to abreast on the road and you get people absolutely raging, it, nothing more frustrating. One of the things that winds me up so much, like even this week, I think it was on Monday, it was like South Wales Police for our campaign on Facebook about passing cyclists, you know, correctly, and mm. um, the amount of hate underneath mm. it, the replies, it just, I just yeah. don't get where it comes from, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's people, people not wanting to drive behind cyclists is that yeah, you know, spend an extra you know 30 seconds out of their day it's if like, that yeah you still see the same rage when you you know when you're stuck behind a tractor yeah it's annoying but people like people like oh, we'll, we'll just you know understand it there's no difference yeah. you know it's not like people are like uh, starting campaigns raging against tractors being too slow on the road and things like that it's like it's, it, it's and I always, I always say to bet when i'm driving the car and i see cyclists I always make an effort to go all the way out and come back in, like loads of room. And she's like, all right, we get it. You're a cyclist. I always make an effort. You should overtake them as if, as if they're a car. Yeah, exactly. That's the rule. And on that note, I've just set up a campaign on Facebook. And I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm slowly convincing Dan to do a triathlon this year, <laughs> next year, or whatever. He's doing, he's doing Bolton, Bolton Ironman. <laughs> oh, don't know about that. Honestly, do you know what? It, it, is, it is something that I do, I do want to dabbling uh, it's, well i guess it's not something you can dabble in is it but it's something that i do want to do um but it's just like you say getting started um yeah. and and coming from coming from a sport where it's you know it's it's advantageous to to be heavier for <laughs> for, my, and for my physique as well it's it, I, you know the amount of oxygen that needs to go around my body when i'm when i'm competing it's it's difficult so i, I know i'll have to lose a little bit of weight if i, if I want to compete in that oh, you can definitely um, yeah, there's, there's so many people in the sport the same look at all the rugby yeah. players you do it yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. I guess so. I'll have to. I'll have to give you a message then. <laughs> one of the boys that me and Adam trained with came um, uh, came over from CrossFit, and he's he's one of the you know one of the strongest cyclists that you know that we know, and he's just mm. transferred over. He, obviously, he's lost quite a lot of weight, hasn't he? But to, I'm, to uh, I'm similar. What's that? I was, yeah, I'm similar, aren't I? Like I said, I was four four stone heavier before. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. All I used to do yeah. literally was, you know, gym. I've been in gym probably seven times a week eight times a week and that's when i was 14 14 and a half stone wow. and i'm like you know i'm like a rake now <laughs> <laughs> 10 stone now 
it's that acceptance, that. isn't it? I, I think I think because it is such a uh, demanding sport, you you do yeah. sort of have to accept the fact that if you are going to compete oh. in it at that level, you're going to have to just sort of you know accept that you're going to have to lose some weight or slim down and become, I guess, streamlined. <laughs> Yeah. and learn how to swim as well because that's, that, that'd help that's I said favorite. to Aaron we'll have to sign up for a sprint triathlon we'll see how we'll that goes sign up for a sprint triathlon <laughs> me, me and Dan are extremely Aaron, competitive you, you, so. under, you are if I beat you in that triathlon there's, there's going to be trouble <laughs> you'll never hear the end of it mate there's no there's no risk of that mate don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> oh. well awesome well thank you thanks for coming on Alan it's been uh, it's been oh, real good really interesting to sort of you know, obviously I've known you for a while, but some of the things that you've gone through, it's interesting to, to see, you know, what your motivation has been behind the sport and things. So if people wanted to continue to sort of follow your journey and, and see what see what's going on with, with your training and things like that, where can where can we find you on, you know, Instagram, Strava, things like that? Uh, Instagram is probably the best one. If you go to Latchy3, or you can search for Latch Performance Coaching, which will come up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just either one of those, you'll find me. Happy days. I'm sure you'll be uh, doing some some more crazy oh, events coming up soon. So On my bike every day, that's the main one. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. Ciao, man. Cheers. Nice to have you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. You guys.